0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're on our series called uh, The Secret Sauce Prayer and Fasting. We started this a couple weeks ago and, and as we started, we always start the first part of the year here at the Rhodes giving God the first 21 days of the year with just a special commitment of prayer and fasting like we're dedicating the first part. saying, God we're coming after you. We want more of you. So we always do that with prayer and fasting. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm, I'm going to share uh, two things mainly with you today. We're going to start off. We're going to talk a little bit about fasting. Just encourage you in what we're doing with fasting. Why are we fasting? What does it mean from a biblical standpoint? And then we're going to talk about prayer. And we're going to talk about boldness in prayer. So we're going to get into that today. And uh, hopefully God will begin to speak to our hearts. So if you're ready this morning, if you've got your Bibles, we're always expecting God to speak to us every time we open the Bible. We believe God wants to speak to us and desires to speak to us. So we get excited about it whenever we open them up. So if you got your Bibles this morning, let's open them up to Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> Woo! Hebrews chapter 4. Glad to be in church today. Hebrews chapter 4. So we're on prayer and fasting in this series, again, the secret sauce of Christianity, the secret sauce of our relationship with God. So why are we praying and fasting? You might say, if you're new to the church your first time or you're watching online online for the first time, why are we praying and fasting? In Matthew chapter six, it says, when you pray and when you fast, not if, he's saying when you do. So Jesus was talking, he made the assumption as followers of Jesus, we're going to do two things. We're going to pray and we're going to fast. And if you've never done it, that's okay. Nobody's making you do it. Nobody's requiring you to do it. We're just giving you opportunity if you'd like to be a part of it. So why fasting? It's Prayer and fasting is about saying no to our flesh and yes to more of God. Someone said indulging in God. When we're praying and fasting, remember, fasting is not about just what you're getting rid of. It's what you're putting in more of. We get in trouble in our walk with God when we focus on what we're doing without. We need to focus on what we're putting in. Over the last couple of days, I needed a reminder from God because I was getting a little bit frustrated, getting a little discouraged, getting a little whatever was going on, a little struggle, because sometimes fasting can be difficult. It's a discipline in your life spiritually. And, and I was going through some of the emotional part, the thought part, and all this stuff, and, and God had to say, hey, remember why you're fasting. What, what are you doing? If you're just taking in less of something, you're not gaining. You have to take in more of God and less of something. Sometimes people try to fast by just subtracting something and then going on with their regular life. It's not going to work for you. You have to take in more of something to replace what you're pulling out. Hope that'll uh, encourage you. Just a little, little basic thing about fasting. So now, why food, Chad? Well, one thing the Bible talks about food and biblical fasting in the Bible is food. We encourage you, you can fast other things if you want, but I also want to make sure and teach you that biblical fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. Why did the Bible tell us that? I think there's a number of reasons, but I'm going to give you one to maybe help you with why I believe food is a big deal, because food is a need. And whenever we sacrifice a need for God, things go to a different level. There's certain things in our life that we're not going to see breakthrough unless we can trust God with our needs. Give me a, give you an example. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus just come onto the earth, not to, or getting ready to come into ministry rather, and he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. And the Bible says he fasted for 40 days. That's not like he went without social media for 40 days. It's not like he went without TV for 40 days. He did not eat for 40 days. And your Bible says afterwards, he was hungry. No kidding right said he was hungry so now the, the enemy appears to him and the devil says hey you're hungry if you're the son of God turn these stones these rocks to bread and I imagine if I'm Jesus <laughs> I'm knowing I can do that that bread looks good let's get this party started me ever anybody ever been to Lambert's can I get my can I get my prop here this morning okay okay <laughs> Ever been to Lambert's? Some of your mouth's watering right now. <laughs> See, Lambert's is a place in uh, Missouri called... Uh, it's called Lambert. sorry. It's the home of the Throat Rolls. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you go around in Lambert's, you sit there, they come around with free rolls, and all you got to do is just lift your hand or wave, and they'll chuck them to you. You got to be careful there. If you just glance at them wrong, they'll be throwing them to you. You got to be ready. And I, this is what I... I picture in this scenario that Jesus comes out of prayer and fasting 40 days, and the Bible says afterward he was hungry. So at that point, it's like his stomach starts going, and so the enemy comes, and he says, hey, you're hungry? There's some bread right there. Starts tossing him some rolls, rocks, and bread is not evil. Eating is not evil. But what the enemy was trying to get Jesus to do was be led by his flesh or controlled by his flesh instead of by the Spirit. So I believe the enemy is like that. Say, so, hey, Jesus, you hungry? Hey, how about a roll? How about, come on back there, get you a roll. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody's dying. Anybody want a roll? Maybe I better check before I throw it. <laughs> Yo man, it was there, people. Get your hands up. I got, I got a couple more. Anybody want? Way back. All right, I want to check. Oh, it's in the aisle. Just dust it off. Blow on it. It's still at <laughs> him. Let me try something a little closer. you right here. Some of you are ready. Let's go back. Oh, that a good job. We got a kid. So I'm out. I only had five. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Sometimes the enemy is going to toss things to you. And you got to decide. Remember we did the Christmas catch? You got to decide what you're going to catch or not. And he tried to catch Jesus a flesh led life tried to get Jesus to catch a flesh-led life. And that's not what God wants us to do. He wants to be led by our spirit. So sometimes dealing with a need, Bible says in in Philippians chapter 4, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does God want to supply? All your need. This is why I think there's something powerful about trusting God with a need. Even in food and prayer and fasting, it's like, God, you supply all my need. I need to eat. There's no doubt I need to eat. God created me with a need to eat. But when I trust him to supply my need for energy, for stamina, whatever, then now it gives me a breakthrough in an area that I will not receive otherwise. It's just taking it to another level. Again, you doesn't mean you have to do that, how long you want to do it, nothing uh, requirement there. I just want to encourage you with prayer and fasting. Here's what I say about prayer and fasting. It's about achieving a breakthrough spiritually that we could not otherwise. Jesus even said praying and fasting is, a ne- a, is necessary to get breakthrough in certain areas. Let me give you a couple examples. In Matthew or Mark chapter 9, he, ca- he cast out the deaf and dumb spirit out of this individual. His disciples couldn't do it. And they asked him, they come to him, said, Hey Jesus, how come we couldn't cast the deaf and dumb spirit out? And they said, Well, he said, because this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and prayer and fasting. He said it can't come out but by prayer and fasting. In other words, there's another level of breakthrough, breakthrough disciples that you're going to need, and prayer and fasting is going to help you get there. Look at the second example. An epileptic son was healed. The disciples couldn't do it. The disciples come to Jesus privately and said, Lord, why could we not cast that out? So Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if we have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move and nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing Nothing will be impossible for you. However, 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 this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting is connected to a breakthrough that we could not achieve otherwise. Couldn't get there. Now, I realize these two examples that the Bible talking about prayer and fasting does not connect with the majority of people. Majority of people watching online or sitting here are not waking up every day and hoping and praying that that day they can go to work and cast out a demon. (laughs) Most of you, it's not on your radar. Most of you are not praying every morning. You're waking up and hoping there's someone that you can pray for to heal because most people disqualify themselves. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not casting out demons. I just want to have a good day. I don't want to touch any demons. You know, I'm not into that demon thing, you know, but here's what I want to help you connect with. Maybe you're not praying to necessarily go to work and cast out a demon, although there may be a coworker that you want to do that. That's between you and them, but I'm just saying, but here, notice what happened. Deaf and dumb, epileptic son, both of those were natural situations that required a spiritual solution. The solution was spiritual. The problem was natural. How many of us have natural problems? We all got it. Our problem is, is that we try and solve our natural problems with natural solutions. And we keep chasing the same thing around the mountain over and over. And God said, your breakthrough in your life is going to be a spiritual breakthrough. And that spiritual breakthrough will give you a natural solution. That's why prayer and fasting, you're like, well, that does not connect it at all. Sometimes we fail to connect the dots to a spiritual source to a natural problem. Amen. Now, are there some natural problems? That, yes, absolutely. There are some natural problems that need natural solutions. But I'm telling you, at the root of everything is Jesus. Amen. So if you're dealing with something in your life, that's why prayer and fasting. Maybe you're not trying to cast out demons today. Maybe you're not trying to heal an epileptic son. Epileptic son but I promise you, you've got natural problems that you're facing. And there's a spiritual source that wants to bring deliverance into your life. So I pray that connects that that dot for you. So now let's look at why, why prayer? Why does God want us to pray? Why is it important? Talked about fasting, let's move on to prayer. Why does God want us to pray? John Wesley said this, it seems that God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Now whether you believe God is limited by your prayer life or not, I'm not here to get into a theological discussion over this, but there's one thing that we cannot dispute and that is scripture itself. And James 5 says this. James 5 says, to confess your faults, trespasses one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, what am I trying to get home on this point? Prayer makes a difference. It matters. Scripture says prayer matters. So whether you think God is 100% limited in your situation by your prayer or not, we do need to know this, that God tells us that prayer will make a difference in our life. It avails much. So that's why we're encouraging. Why do we need to pray? We need to pray because God says it will make a difference. Now last week, I gave you two basic principles. Today I'm going to give you a third one. Can anyone tell me what those two basic principles, were? what was the first basic principle I gave you last week? It was set a time and place. Come on, you got your sermon notes there? Get those out. Did I tell you to turn to a scripture yet? I'm totally out of source. Did, you not, did I tell you where to turn to a scripture? No? Hebrews. Hebrews 4. Okay, I thought I did. Yeah, we already, we already did that. All right, Hebrews chapter 4. I'm just making sure you got your sermon notes out, if you got them. I'm like, you, I got my spiel. I usually go through it. I'm like, did I tell them to get their sermon notes out? Where are you at? Pay attention. Here we go. Step one. <laughs> step one, set a time and place. We talk about that. Matthew chapter 6 says, when you pray, go into your secret place, pray, your, pray to your father who's in the secret, and your father sees the secret Rewards reward you openly right? Remember we said that? Then number two, what was number two? It's what? Pray word-based prayers. How many of you have ever heard someone say, I don't know what to pray? I just don't know what to pray. Yeah. All my kids growing up, we went to teaching them to pray. We didn't pray. There were, inevitably, there were times they come and say, Dad, I don't know what to say. And I get it. There's times I don't know what to say. You remember times you go to prayer and you're like, I don't even know what to pray. Well, the Bible tells us we can know what to pray. We pray his word. First John chapter five, we talked about this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we will have the petitions that we've asked of him. So what do we pray? We pray his word. We pray his word back to him. We just pray what he says. Find a scripture. We pray it. Now notice what it says. This is the confidence that we have in him. Remember confidence is not a feeling it's not a not a feeling now this is the confident feeling i have when i pray no that's not what it's talking about confidence is a way of speaking to god the greek word i give it to you there in your notes just as a reminder just means a state of boldness or confidence in speech free outspokenness freedom of speech frankness or candor So now, this is what we're talking about. When we pray his word, we can be confident that he hears us. Jeremiah 1.12 says, I am watching or I'm ready to perform my word. So you want to pray prayers that God wants to answer? Pray scripture back to God. Get scripture out, tape it on your mirror, tape it in your Bible, get it and read it and pray that back to God. That's that's what we do. The power is not in us conjuring up power. The power is in his word. I believe what he said. He said it. The power's in his will, not in my will. The power's in his will. Come on, free yourself from condemnation and trying to come up with just the right prayer. If I can just word it just right, God will do it. We're not trying to manipulate God with our fancy words. We're not trying to pray King James so then God will respond. No, just pray his word. Pray his word. Watch his word come to pass. All right, those are the first two. Let me go in the third one. Here's the third third principle about prayer, it deals with how. Where and when was step one. What to pray step two. Here's the third one. How do we pray? Two things under this principle. Pray bold and believing. Pray bold and believing. Everybody say bold. Bold. Say believing. Believing. Say bold. Bold. Say believing. Believing. We're only going to talk about bold today and we're not even going to finish bold. So this principle is going to carry on for a couple weeks, but I want you to get, this is how we pray. Everybody ready to learn how to pray? We're going to pray bold. We're going to pray bold prayers. So now, here's the questions. I want to start out with. How do we show up for prayer? Do we show up bold or do we show up timid? Just a question. More of a rhetorical one, but I appreciate the uh, participation. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Love it. So So wh- what is our, here's another question that's important. What is our boldness based on? What is it based on? And what, what does it matter? Prayer is prayer, right? Does it matter if I'm bold in prayer? Or does it, it's the fact that I'm praying. He ought to be thankful that I'm even praying. Well, at least I prayed, right? Is there a difference in how we pray? Will it make a difference in whether our prayers are answered or not? All these are important for us. Because I've seen too many times we get discouraged in prayer because we don't know what's going on. We're just throwing up desires and hoping it sticks. This is what we want. And I'm saying God wants to set us free from that. He wants to bring us to a place where we're bold. Not that we're knowing what's gonna happen all the time. That's not the expectation I'm trying to create. I'm just trying to create a relationship with you and the father that you want to pray to him. You desire to pray to him. Let's pray boldly. All right, let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter four. I know you got there because I clearly told you to turn there earlier. There is no doubt. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 14. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. All right, Hebrews 4, 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, let us, let us, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring it to life. I pray for revelation and clarity. I pray, God, you will show us truth from your word that will encourage our prayers, that we will come to you boldly today. I thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. All right, see what it says here in verse 14 seeing then seeing then seeing then so this part is assumed assume. seeing then that we have a great high priest talking about jesus who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god passed through the heavens what does that mean as you read your bible try and break down what god's speaking to you give you context when we talk about jesus has passed through the heavens what does that mean the heavens is the heavenly realm the sky above the sky space jesus and the father were in heaven We could talk about the third heaven where God abides. But Jesus and the Father were in heaven. Jesus passed through the heavens, came to earth, was born of a woman, lived on this earth without sin, was crucified on a cross for all of our sins, raised from the dead, appeared to people on the earth for over 40 days, and then ascended back into heaven. So when it says passed through the heavens, it's like boop, boop. He came down. And he went back. So he is passed into heaven. So in other words, he was here. Now what did he do while he's here? We do not have, we're going to hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, everybody say sympathize, with our weaknesses, but was in how many points tempted? All points tempted as we are. Does Jesus know what you're going through? Has Jesus been where you are? Yes. Yes. You're like, no, nobody been where I, Jesus was tempted in all points like we were. I don't know how you're tempted. I don't know how the enemy tries to come against you, but I know Jesus was tempted in all those points. You're watching online. I'm tempted in this area, and I don't know why it's a struggle for me. Well, Jesus was tempted in that area and did not sin. Why? Because he was going through it for us. Because he was knowing we couldn't do it. He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So now, let us therefore. Therefore. What does that word therefore mean? The word therefore means because of the previous statement. Because Jesus came and died for us, because he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin, because of that, come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us look at what this means. That word boldly, as just happened to be, is the exact same word as confidence in 1 John chapter 5. So we come boldly to the throne of grace. When you come boldly in prayer, it's not about coming boldly in a feeling of prayer. It's coming boldly in how you pray, how you speak. So it says, let us come. Come is an invitation. Come requires advancement. Come is not God going grabbing you. Come is we take a move towards him. So God is sending out an invitation. He says to everyone, he says, come. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come unto me. Why is he saying come unto me? Because he wants to see you choose him. You got all choices. You got youtube netflix you got all these things you got social media and you choose to come to god he says come come boldly that word boldly again is addressing how we speak to him how we pray come boldly to the throne of grace so boldness in prayer comes when we know the truth about both sides of the interaction this part's really important how do we come boldly in prayer I think one of the keys in coming boldly in prayer is that we have to know both sides of the interaction, God's side and our side. I'm convinced in my experience, my experience living and my experience pastoring that most of the time people, we, we, myself included, we get discouraged in prayer when we don't know the truth about one or both of the ends of the interaction in prayer, either our side or his side. So let's break it down. What's the truth about our side of prayer? our side of prayer our boldness in prayer is not based this is very important man write this down if you're taking notes if you're not taking notes go ahead and write it down anyway our boldness is not based on what we have done or our qualifications our boldness in prayer is not based on what we have done our boldness is based on the access given to us by jesus your right my right to pray to god it is not Based on your performance. It is not based on your holiness. It's not based on your good works. Religion has robbed us of a relationship of God because we are convinced that if I do good, God will accept me. If I do good, if I'm a good little boy, good little girl, then I can come to God. But I want to encourage you on our side of the equation, we can come boldly to prayer because it's not about us, it's about Him. Look what it says. I'm going to give you two things about our source of boldness on our side. Our side. Source of boldness based on two things. Knowing or assurance in the spirit of two things. You ready? Here's the first one. If we're going to be bold on our side, we got to know... Have an assurance of these two things. We gotta know number one is our identity in Him, who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ, our access as son and daughters, our access to come to talk to him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Notice what it says. Because I prayed this week. Because I read my Bible every day, are you, are you tracking with me? Because of, what does it say? Because of, because of Christ, because I'm fasting, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and, so what's our boldness based on? Our boldness is not based on our side. Uh, As far as our righteousness, it's based on what he did because of Christ. I want to encourage somebody. The devil's trying to rob us of being able to pray to God because we don't think we're worthy. We don't think we're deserving. The enemy's trying to keep you out of a relationship with God because he's trying to get you to focus on yourself. Focus on you. You know what you did this week. You know how bad you've been. You know the thoughts you were thinking you don't deserve it. How many times people been kept out of church because they don't believe they are worthy to be coming into church? How many times has the devil tried to talk you out of engaging in worship because you've been not so spiritual this week in your estimation? So you don't think you have a right. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to be real? Or we want to put on our church hats and pretend? No, they're talking about these thoughts. You know, I, there's times in my life where I feel like I don't even deserve, you know, to come to God. I'm like, you know, trying to crawl underneath something and, and just, God, I'm so unworthy. God, I'm so pitiful. I'm just a miserable sinner. God, I'm so, yeah, oh, God, I don't, I don't, don't look at me, God. Don't look at me, God. And we think that's humility. We think if we beat ourselves down enough. Then God will say, Oh, okay, you're low enough. Now talk to me. No, that's not what the Bible tells us. Because of, because of Christ, it's not my side's not based on Chad. Thank you, Jesus. It's not based on my righteousness. If I come boldly, it's not because I've been good. If I come boldly, it's because I understand my side is based on the blood of Jesus. Because of Christ and my faith in Him, I'm gonna come boldly and confidently. To him, that way, if we get the truth in our hearts now, the devil can't tell you you don't deserve it. The Bible <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bible tells us to agree with your adversary quickly. What does that mean? That means when the enemy comes to you and he says, Chad, insert your name. When he says, <laughs> when he says Chad, you know, you know you haven't, or you've done, so you don't deserve, agree with him. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're right. I don't deserve a gone thing. I don't deserve a thing. But do you know about this guy named Jesus? I don't know if you've heard about him or not. But he hung on a cross for my sin. And because of him and my faith in him, I'm going to go boldly and talk to God. you got to know your side. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you're not worthy. Just agree with him. Say, yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because I'm not buying into religion. I'm not buying into uh, works for salvation. I was saved by grace through faith. So I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. So you agree with him. Say, no, I'm not staying out. Know your side because of Christ. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by your good works. Been brought near by your prayer and fasting. Been brought near by your excellent Bible study. What other excuses can I come up with? I'm just trying to help everybody out. Been brought near by your giving and your donations, your tithes and offerings. Been brought near because you helped that person this week. Been brought near because been brought near by the blood, blood of Jesus. There is never going to be a week where you are disqualified to come from God, to come to God. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has already been paid. Well, there's that one week. You don't know. You don't realize what I did that week. It was really bad. There is never a week. There is never an act. There is never a deed. There is never a sin that the blood of Jesus didn't pay for. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because we know our side. Now, that was our identity. That's our identity. The second one, our covenant rights. How can we come boldly in prayer? Because we know our identity. We know who we are in Christ. And number two, we know our covenant rights. What belongs to you as an heir of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if you're born again, if you're a a follower of Jesus, if you've been saved, whatever wording you want to use to understand that you know in your heart, Jesus is the Lord of your life and you're on your way to heaven. If you've repented of sin and asked Jesus to come in and, and forgive you of all that, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about that qualification. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, and if children... So if you are saved, if you're not saved this morning, good news, you can be saved in just a little bit. Amen. You can do it right now. If you want to, just go ahead and receive Jesus. We'll get going with the message while you're getting saved. Doesn't matter. If you're, if you're not saved today, you can get saved today. You have to wait for another week until you have a good week. Some people want to, well, Chad, you know, I'm, I'm going to come to church. I hear people tell me this. Chad, I'm going to come to church, but I just got to get a few things straightened out. If I can get out of... You know, if I can straighten this part out, if I, can, if I can start tucking my spiritual life in a little bit. And as long as we think we earn ourselves into a relationship with God, we're deceiving ourselves. But he says, if, if, if children, if you're saved today, this is your qualification. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with? Ooh, hold the phone. Shut the front door. <laughs> huh? Joint heirs with Who? Joint. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I couldn't. Pop- this is the Bible. He's telling you, if you're a child of God, now you're a joint heir with Jesus. You know what joint means? I'm not talking about recreational joints. I'm talking about stay focused. I'm talking about together in relationship. I'm talking about Tied to, in other words, the same thing Jesus gets, we have a right to. That's above my pay grade to understand that, but it's his word. Join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We're going to walk through suffering on the earth. It's part of the package, baby. It's part of the package. But he says also with that suffering is going to come glorification. We're going to be glorified with him. So now, why are we bold? Let me ask you this about Jesus. Was Jesus bold? I'm a joint heir with Christ. Was Jesus bold? Let me answer that that scripturally. Like, I don't know if he was or not. I thought Jesus was kind of a soft-spoken person. (laughs) Mark chapter 1, verse 22. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them. Check this out. He taught them as one having what? Having Authority. authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as one having authority. So now. Here's what we understand. He taught them from a different place. He had authority. But Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So Jesus had authority. Now, Jesus was bold because he taught authority. Was Jesus humble? Come on, see with me. Was he humble? Here's the problem. Most of the time, we think that boldness and humility are opposites. Boldness and humility are not opposites. Some people have this image that someone is bold person, bold, and then someone's humble, lowly, humble. But I'm telling you, humility scripturally, humility scripturally is not beating myself down. Humility is knowing what Jesus did for me and walking in it. That's Humility. Boldness is not me pumping my chest and promoting chat. Boldness is recognizing what Jesus did for me and walking into it. They're the exact same thing. Boldness and humility come from the same place. Now, now I got to get to this part. Okay. So now look, because, because of that, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. Everybody say obtain. Because we know. Because we know our identity and because we know our covenant rights as a son or daughter of God, we can now come to prayer to obtain, come boldly to obtain. What does that word obtain mean? Here's, this is important. It's a word that means to receive or accept an object or benefit for which the initiative rests with the giver, but the focus of attention in the transfer is upon the receiver. Come on, make sure you get this. To receive or accept an object or benefit for which the initiative, where's the initiative? It rests on the giver, but the focus of attention in the transfer is upon the receiver. means to take, seize, or grab hold of what is offered. So notice what it says. We come boldly. This again, our side. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. The initiative. We're there to obtain in prayer. In other words, to grab hold of in prayer. To, to, to seize in prayer. Notice the definition. The initiative is on the giver. God's the one who decided what he wants to give you. We don't go to God and boss him around. Sometimes when I preach on boldness and prayer, people say, Well, I just don't believe in going in there and bossing God around. I believe you should just pray whatever God's will is. That's what's going to happen. I believe you should pray God's will. It's called his word. We established that last week. But when I go to pray that in boldness... Then now it says, I want you to go in to obtain. What does that look like in practicality? Go to obtain what it, my my kids, we have a refrigerator. Anybody have a refrigerator? (laughs) Just making sure. I always want to connect my illustrations with people that, some of you got an ice ice box or something maybe that you're still working with. But anyway, you got a refrigerator. And my kids, ours opens up with double doors. And so they like to go and they open the doors and just stand there. Just looking around, just trying to decide of all the options while all the air just flows out into the room, just checking it out. What are they doing? What are they doing? That fridge is full of stuff that they didn't pay for. Freeloaders. They didn't pay for any of it, but it's available to them. And what they do when they open up the refrigerator is they're looking at all of the things that are available, and they're deciding which one they want. Yeah, come on. And when they pull out the milk and pour themselves a glass, I don't say, who do you think you are? <laughs> Nerve if you want some milk. It's been paid for them. All they got to do is go get it. All they got to do is obtain it. The initiative to get milk was on the giver. But the transfer into their glass, it's on the receiver. This is our refrigerator. All this stuff's in here, it's been paid for. Not by me, I didn't pay for it. Jesus paid for it. But he says to me, Chad, open up the fridge and what do you want? It's all there for. It. Now, everything in the fridge, they don't ask for. There's some stuff in the fridge they don't need. There's some stuff in the fridge they don't want that day. There's some things that you may not need today, but it's available for you when you want it. It's about knowing our side, but we got to obtain it. That's why we come boldly in prayer to obtain. I'm opening the fridge, man. That's why you want to go pray. You want something to eat. Come boldly in prayer. So now let's look at, that's our side. Let's look at his side. Let's close with this one. I'm laying on the plane right here. So now we know our side. We're going to come boldly in prayer because the devil's not going to fool us anymore with our side. We know we're not worthy. We know we're not deserving. It ain't about that. It's because of Christ. Looking at Now look at verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the, help me with this part. I'm not sure about it. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Throne of grace. grace. Throne of grace. So come boldly to what? We're coming to something. So now we're understanding our side. Now we've got to understand his side. The throne of grace. What does the throne mean? That word throne means rule or authority, where you exercise judgment. So we're coming to the place where God sits, his place of rule, decision-making, judgment, authority. We're coming to that. What kind of place does God sit on? He sits on a throne of What does grace mean? I'm glad you asked. It's the word charis that so means goodwill, freely. Everybody say freely. Freely dispersed by God. Kindness, favor, graciousness. What kind of throne are we coming to? We're coming to a, a goodwill throne. Freely dispersed throne. We're coming to a kindness throne. We're coming to a favor throne. We're coming to a graciousness throne. Here's the picture you've got to get out of your head in prayer. The reason the enemy's going to keep us from coming to God in prayer is because he's bamboozled us on God's side. Because here's the image some people have about God. on his throne with a scowl. Angry father. Why? Because I know what you did. I know what you've been thinking. When you come to me, I better see a lot of tears. Are you on your face crying yet? If you're not, I don't even want to talk. Don't even look at me. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. This is the image some people have of the father. This is when we don't understand his side, we don't want to go to that. Nobody wants to go to an angry God that's mad at them. Nobody want to, wants to go to a father that they're going to just beat over the head with. They're, they're afraid to go because they're assuming that they're just going to get pulverized and they're just assuming God's going to be mad and bring correction and, and make them just beg and come and plead. And, but no, we're going to a throne, of, a, a throne of kindness, graciousness. When I understand his side, then I understand he's saying, come here. Come here. No, no, God, I don't, I don't deserve it. I, don't, I can't come. He said, I know you don't. Come on. Come on, you got to know my side. I want to talk to you today. I want to see you today. On your worst day, in your worst week, come to me. we got to know his side. It's a throne of grace. That we may obtain what? What? Shouldn't it be that we may obtain anger and judgment? Jesus paid the price for sin. Why do I want to come to God in prayer? Because he sits on a throne of grace. Maybe you don't like to use the word daddy when you're talking about God. I don't know what offends you or doesn't offend you. But I, I, I encourage you this. You need to have a perspective of your Heavenly Father that's one of like this. See the smile? Note the smile. It's not a great smile, but it's the best I got. You know, it's is <laughs> That's the view of my Heavenly Father. Most people religion. This is the image of the Father displeased, disappointed. Your image of yourself, don't put that onto God. Just because you're mad at yourself, just because you're disappointed in yourself, just because you screwed up and you can't forgive yourself, don't make that God's image. i I got my own image issues, but i got to rightly see his side, that he's lovingly saying, come on. Come on, Jack. Come talk to me. Come boldly. I sit on the throne of grace. And you know what I'm going to do? You're going to obtain mercy. What's mercy? Mercy means this. Let me give it to you. Leniency and compassion shown towards offenders by a person of authority. Leniency and compassion shown towards offenders. Do we have any offenders in the room? Guess what happens when you come to god you're going to want to pray more you're going to want to pray more because you know what you're going to get when you come to god you're going to get a throne of grace i'm not saying everything you're doing is okay i'm just saying you and he can talk about it from his perspective i'm not saying all oh, if you're sinning and all that that it's okay we're rubber stamping it's okay i'm not preaching a hyper grace message that it doesn't matter what you i'm not talking about any of that i'm talking about i want you to understand his perspective where he's come from that he sits on the throne of grace that you may obtain leniency and compassion i want to go to a god like that i want to go pray to a god like that i want a god that when i drop myself down and say god i'm not worthy i don't deserve to even look at it, he picks my head up and says, come on i know you're not worthy but i paid the price for your sins I know the, we get that picture of the Heavenly Father and we God, I can't, I can't. I can't go in church. I can't raise my hands this week. It's been awful. Maybe next week. Maybe I'll do better next week and then I can really engage in worship. Stop that religious thinking. Receive the grace of God through Jesus. Because of Christ, we can come to God boldly and confidently. And what I'm wanting to do in this series is encourage you in prayer to know your side. Know that it's not about you. So get over yourself. We all have to do it. I'll have to do it tomorrow. One message will not change you forever. Just you remember it's because of Christ. When I feel like I don't have a right to pray, when I feel like I don't have a right to worship, remember it's because of Christ. And then I know his side. Wait a minute. He sits on the throne of grace that I may obtain mercy. I'm going to come boldly to him because he wants to give me a relationship. He wants to speak into our life. Do you see the difference? We're not praying because we don't have revelation about our side and we don't have revelation about His side. I want you to come bold in prayer. Bold. Bold. Not a feeling. Not a feeling. We're not, we're not hooked on feelings. We're hooked on phonics. We're not, we're not attached to how we feel today. I won't pray tomorrow if it's attached to feelings. I'll just tell you right now, Chad, I know Chad, Everett. I've lived with him a little while. I won't. I won't, I won't do it. But if I understand, wait a minute, my daddy wants to talk to me, and I'm going to bring you my junk, then we can come boldly, come boldly in prayer. Let's pray right now. Would you just bow your heads with me? Thank you, Jesus. We just praise you for your word. Here's what I want you to do in this moment. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what it is he wants to say to you in this message. Maybe it's about fasting. Maybe you're God's speaking to you about connecting with fasting this week and encouraging in fasting. Maybe He's just helping you get some guidance in your prayer and fasting. Or maybe it's about prayer and maybe maybe your, your boldness has been an issue. Maybe the devil has gotten you time and time and time again like he has me with this suggestion. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve prayer. You don't deserve the presence of God. You're not worthy to pray. You're not worthy to worship. You're not worthy to come to church. Maybe he's gotten you with that, but here we're ready to disarm him by just agreeing with him saying, you're exactly right, devil, I don't deserve it. But do you know about Jesus? No more, no more blocking you out of heaven. No more blocking you out of prayer that lie is getting exposed right now right here today you have scripture for him you have something to say back to him when he tells you you you, you can't pray you can come boldly because you know your side it's not about you it's based on jesus and you know his side it's based on what god has done he sits on a throne of grace that we may obtain mercy.